upon the people. As we do that, we also pray, Father, that you would help us to, to have wisdom this morning to speak your word. Jesus, we need to receive from you. Amen. Glory to God. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. This morning, I want to talk to you about experiencing victory. Experiencing victory. Praise be under the name of the Lord. Joshua chapter 6, to some of us this might be a familiar passage of scripture, one of those stories that you're told as you, if you grew up in church, but if you did not grow up in church, you know, not, might not be familiar with this story, but we're, as we read this story, we're going to unpack some things along the way with it, alright? And this is the story of where the children of Israel were inhabiting uh, Canaan land. And so, suffice to say, God had given a portion of land. I mean, how many know that the, God created the heavens and the earth? I mean, God created the earth in the fullness thereof. He created it. He invented it. He created it. It belongs to Him. He can give it to whoever He wants to give it to. And so He gave this portion of land called Canaan to the children of Israel. Now, there were people that were inhabiting this land. They were staying in this land. They didn't serve God. They didn't worship God. They didn't honor God. They served a pagan God and all these different kinds of things. And so God said, listen, I'm giving you this land. Go in there and take it. Well, it's his to give in the first place, right? And so here, here they come to, to do that, and they ride up on this one fortified area, this city called Jericho. And we pick it up here in, in Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel, and no one went out and no one came in. Now one of the reasons why this was is, is we didn't read this part, but a few chapters before this, uh, Joshua had sent spies to check this city out. And so they had went into the city and checked it out, and they had ended up... Uh, the king had known, the king of Jericho knew that they were there. In fact, had demanded of this, this woman named Rahab because they had connected with her and she had hid them and put, the, put them up, if you will. And he demanded that, give us these, these men, give us these people. And so anyway, she, she says, listen, uh, she basically says, hey, they went this way, so on and so forth. Long story short, she hides them and keeps them and protects them. And says, we know about you and we know about your God. And our hearts melt, her words, melt before us because of you and your, and your God. And so uh, she hides them away, so to speak. And they promise they're going to take care of her when they come back into Jericho. That her and her family, they're all going to be saved. And they tell her what to do and so on and so forth. And so they, long story short, they escape. And they say, listen, we can take this place. They've melt before us. We can take this place. They're giving up. We can take this place. So now they show up, though. And it says, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and valiant warriors. That's verse 2. So at this point in time, they roll up on Jericho. And what do they see? They see Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. If you want to experience a victory like a Jericho victory in your life that we're going to read about today, there are some lessons here that you and I can grab a hold of. 
Certainly more lessons than we're discussing today, but here's some things I believe we're supposed to bring out. And that's this truth. You've got to believe what God says more than what your natural eyes see. I want to be very honest with you. If you want to be a victorious Christian, you have got to learn. You have got to embrace this. You and I have to make a decision in our lives that we will believe what God says more than what our natural eyes see. And I'm, sp I'm speaking about times when those things are contrary. It doesn't take long if you'll walk in faith and walk in the, in the Word and, and walk in prayer and walk with God that you will, you will arrive at some situations in your life where God's Word says one thing, but what you see with your natural eye is a whole other thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In that moment, it's extremely important for us to choose to believe what God says more than what our natural eyes see. Friends, you and I are going to believe something. We're either going to believe what God says, believe how God sees it, or we're going to believe what our natural eyes see, or believe what somebody else tells us about the situation. What the banker says, what, what the financial person we're dealing with says, what the loan officer says, what the doctor says, whatever it might be, all right? And what, what, what a friend says, a family member says, whatever it might be, something that's going to be contrary to God's Word and what God says. Now here they roll up on a situation, and they see Jericho. Now listen, in their minds, oh, listen, they melt before us. Hallelujah. And so here they show up, and what does Jericho look like? Do they look like they're out there waving the white flag of surrender and saying, yep, come on in, guys, here you go. No, they see a city that's tightly shut in. No one going in, no one coming out. What, what, what's happening? They are fortified. They are hunkered down. They're ready for a fight. And the Bible says that they, are, they have a king, so they have organization. They have valiant warriors. He didn't say they just had warriors. It actually says they have valiant warriors. So they don't just, they have certainly not just a passable defense force, but a valiant defense force. Yet what does God say there in verse 2? The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city and all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, verse 4, Seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall be that when they shall make a long blast with a ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people will go up every man straight ahead. Glory to God. But you and I have got to do something. We have to believe what God says more than what our natural eyes see. Right now, there might be a situation in your life. You've been told something. You've, given, you've been given a report about something. Maybe you've looked ahead in your life, and it looks like this is going to happen or that's going to take place. But God's Word says something different. He might give you a promise, whatever that promise is in your life. Everything starts with understanding the promise that God gives. There are many in this word. 
He gives a promise of healing and health. He gives a promise of financial breakthrough. He gives a promise of peace. He gives a promise of rest. He gives a promise of sleep. He gives a promise of help. He gives a promise that He will be with you, that you are not alone. All these promises and more and more and more. But friends, for those promises to ever make a difference in your life, you must believe what God says more than what your natural eyes see. What did they see with their natural eyes? I thought you said this was going to be easy. They melt before us. Let's go up there and get it. Let's take care of this thing. Man, let's go. Wait a second. They're, listen, their gates aren't open. They're not waving a white flag. They're not saying, come on in here. Just let us camp here and, you know, have our places and you can have the rest. And No, friends, they're shut in. They're ready. They're not giving in. They're not giving up. But they're fortified. And sometimes in our lives, we can be battling situations and it's like those situations are fortified in our place. They're not giving up with a fight. Anybody ever done that? You prayed, you believed God on Sunday, but Monday, guess what was still there? That thing that you prayed about. That thing that you were speaking God's word over. That thing that you were believing God for. That thing that you and your prayer partner agreed about. What's happening? It's trying to present itself like a Jericho in your life. But friends, don't give up. Believe what God says. And so we see that they did believe what God says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, verse number 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul said, Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that we are while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight or not by appearance, not by how something looks like on the outside. We walk by faith faith. How do believers walk? We walk by faith. Glory to God. Not by sight. Hallelujah. Listen, friends. This will be a much longer, harder journey on this earth if you walk by sight instead of walking by faith. But if you and I will choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Here the Apostle Paul was going around preaching the gospel of Jesus. He was harassed. He was persecuted. He was harmed physically at times. Listen, friends, hardships abounded. But he said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Why are you saying, listen, this is why we don't give up. This is why we keep going from city to city to city. This is why when we're knocked down, we don't stay down. We get back up. Why? We walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. Why we're saying we know this whole earth is temporary. Everything is passing. But one day we'll be absent from this body on this earth and we will be present with the Lord. Glory to God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. What does it mean to walk by faith and not by sight? It means to walk by God's sight and not your natural sight. See it like God sees it. Say it like God says it. He showed up and saw a fortified Jericho. What is it? See, I've given this into your hands. What should they be doing? That belongs to me. That's mine. This city is mine. All this land and territory is mine. Isn't that true? He said, see, I've given what? To you. That's what it says there in verse number two. See, I've given, Joshua, 
excuse me, Joshua 6, back to Joshua 6 here. See, I've given this. What does it say? See, I've given Jericho into your hand. I've given this to you. Did it look like he'd given it to him? Not in the natural. They're going to have to still do something to get a hold of it. They're going to have to battle. They're going to have to fight. They're going to have to stand. Glory to God. But friends, when you and I walk by faith and not by sight, we see it like God sees it. That's mine. He's given this to me. It doesn't matter how fortified it is, how entrenched it is. It don't matter if that problem's been around your life for 32 years, or 13 months, or however long it's been. Friends, I'm telling you, nothing is greater. Listen, don't you know that those walls how were fortified places? I mean, listen, they didn't have no fresh mortar on them. And they yet came crashing down. Listen, those things had been hardened over time, over time, over time. That was solid glory to God. But not too much for God and His glory and His power. Amen. And if Jericho wasn't too much for his glory, if the Jericho walls weren't too much for his glory and his honor and his power, then, it, then your problem, your situation, no matter how long it is, listen, I'll tell you this, no matter how long your situation's been going on, I guarantee you those walls were, were, were older than your situation is right now. But God didn't care about that, glory to God. But you've got to believe what God says more than what your natural eyes see. Joshua chapter 6. Verse number three, what did he tell him? He said, you've got to walk around the city. You'll march around it, not just once, but you'll do this. You'll do this once, this day, but for six days. You shall do so for six days. Then on the seventh day, they were going to do something else, and the walls would come crashing down. Experiencing victory. If you want to experience victory in your life, all throughout your life, you're going to have to also, you and I both, must be patient and persistent in our faith and our obedience. We, we can get all about when we first, one day we're all about it. Be patient and persistent in your faith and your obedience. Why didn't, they did, why didn't it just come crashing down the first time they rolled up there? I don't know. I cannot tell you that. That we could only ever speculate about. But I know this. If they would be patient, if they would be persistent, if they would follow through and have faith and have confidence and obey the Lord, it would happen just as he said it would happen. And we know from the story, it does happen. But you know, I imagine... Listen, friends, here they are marching around. And they're in their armor. And they're, listen, they're, they're not in shorts and a t-shirt. And they're out here in the desert. And they got all their stuff on. And I imagine, listen, this isn't a little short walk. This wasn't a walk around your block. This wasn't a walk just around your neighborhood. Much, much greater. And yet here they are watch, marching in file and in form. And I can imagine about maybe, you know, day one, this was cute. You know, this was all right. You know, I guess I need a little exercise. But you know, you get day two, day three, day four. Listen, man, it's not that you smell, but you know what? Joe beside you, can I get another partner here? You know what I'm saying? Listen, we got issues here going on. 
I could imagine where you might get a little impatient thinking, why do we have to do it this way? I mean, you know, God is greater than anything. And, you know, he's already delivered us other times and so on and so forth. I mean, why didn't we just walk into this thing? And you know what? Why wasn't the walls already crumbled down to the ground before we ever even got here? I mean, why? I could imagine the temptation to be a little impatient. And one of the reasons why we circumvent the promise of God being fulfilled and manifested in our lives is we grow impatient in our believing and in our faith in God. And we give up too soon. At some point, you've got to resolve yourself when a, a storm arises, when a situation presents itself, when the enemy comes against your life. There ought to be a moment say, listen, I just want to serve you notice right now. You think you can stay around for the while, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to outlast you. I'm going to outstand you. Eventually, you're going away, glory be to God. And you've got to resolve yourself, I'm not going out like this. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving out. But I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to keep speaking God's word. I'm going to keep declaring his truth. I'm going to keep believing him. It doesn't matter. Now you think every day, what were they doing when they did that? As they marched around, God's given us this city. Why are we doing this? Because he's given us this city. Every day of your life, you've got to get up and march around your problem. You've got to get up and stand around it and say, listen right here, right now. I, today I speak to you. Today I say, this city is mine, glory to God. What you say, you know what? Health is mine, glory to God. <laughs> glory, blessing is mine, glory to God. Peace belongs to me, glory to God. He's given it to me, hallelujah. And it doesn't matter. You keep standing right there over and over and over. Reverend Tony Cook, he made this comment once. He said this. He said, faith is our trust in God. And patience is our unwavering tenacity in doing so. It's very true. You need to keep doing what God has told you to do. And you will find victory. The Lord told Joshua what to do to find victory. Listen, whatever God tells you to do to find victory, you do it. Now we know from his word we're supposed to have faith. We know we're supposed to express our faith, release our faith by, by the words that we're speaking and believing and what we're saying and so keeping our thoughts correct and right. But he might also say something else for you to do. Friends, do it. Whatever he says to do, do it. Hallelujah. There was a time in my life I was... I had battled some sickness, and man, it had been some, I mean, it had been a long time. And I began to seek the Lord about it. I asked the Lord about it. I thought, Lord, I mean, help me, Jesus. I mean, am I on the right track? I was doing everything that I know to do. But you know what? You can do everything you know to do, but if you're doing the wrong thing, you're not going to get the right result. Yeah. Amen. So I'm checking in. Now, I know from the Word, I, I, I'm sure of this. I know I'm doing the right things, but just, hey, I'm making sure. So I was inquiring of the Lord, and I was praying. And I, and I spent some time, I, I was just praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what do I need to do to see this fully manifested in my life? I know your Word. I know who you are. And I began to seek the Lord about that. Well, one day he spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice I hear, but on the inside of me. He brought a scripture to me there in Mark chapter 4. I believe it's verse 28. It was talking about the, it's right on the heels of, of the sower sows the word, you know. And it talks about how <clears throat> when the farmer comes in to receive it, 
first the ear comes. And then it says, uh, then it says, then the head. And then the mature grain in the head. Well, he began to tell me about how, it, how it's progressive in nature. And he was telling me, keep doing what you're doing. It's coming. Step by step, stage by stage, it's coming. And do you know? So you know what I did? I kept doing what I was doing. Because that's what the Lord told me to do. He said, keep doing what you're doing. I said, okay. And you know, it came, it came to pass just like that. A measure better. A measure better. A measure better. It's exactly how it came. Exactly. As the Lord knew what he was talking about, didn't he? So whatever he tells you do, do it. I know this one time, <clears throat> many, 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 many years ago, Kim was, we were standing in faith. There was sickness had come against her body and, and uh, disease. And we were believing, you know, God is greater than illness and so on and so forth. So we had confessed our faith in God and took God his, at his word and reminded God of the the promises of God for this thing and started believing God over that and making you know our confessions in, in, in our in our hearts and releasing our voices in this way and but one day uh, the Lord spoke to her I don't know if it was in a service or, or yeah and it was in a service we were in a service and the Lord spoke to her to have so and go have so and so pray for you right there in the service go have so and so pray for you what should she, what did she do you think well she exactly what she did she went to them and said the lord tells me you know i need you to pray for me about this you know so on and so forth and sure enough that lady laid her hands on her prayed for her glory to god total healing listen what man said could not be done done just like that that's the truth now were we standing in faith yes but god said do something then do it hallelujah You've got to be patient and persistent in your faith and your obedience to God. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. It says this, And we desire that each one of you show the diligence, the same diligence, so as to realize the full assurance of hope unto the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith, and what? Patience, inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, we could say it like this, Abraham, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Patiently waited, patiently endured. Perseverance and patient expectation, the Mount's translation would say here. Through faith and also through what? Patience. Why would you need patience? Why do you need to marry patience to faith? Why do you need to join those two things together? Because, friends, it's one thing to believe God in a moment, and it's another thing to keep believing God over a matter of time. Listen, friends, what is patience? Why is patience necessary? Patience enables us to be sustained in our believing. Not just believing for a, a day, but believing for more than a day. And us being able to endure in that season, endure what the, what the situation is putting upon us, the pressure, the stress, the trial, all that's coming against us, yet we're still believing in the face of it. Friends, you and I have to remain patient now listen, patience and the passage of time are not the same thing. 
18 years can go by. Just because 18 years have went by, well, I've been patient. No, 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 no. Patience and time are not correlated that way. Let me say it like this. Time doesn't necessarily yield patience. But patience always involves time. Does that make sense? The passage of time can take place. That doesn't necessarily mean you're patient. You can wait there in that office, doctor's office, the DMV, waiting in that car line at school. Glory be to God. There are things you can go and do, friends, that will be an exercise in your patience. Waiting in the checkout line at the store. Just because the passage of time happens doesn't mean you've been patient along the way. But you must, you and I must be patient. What happens when we're impatient? We begin to complain, we begin to doubt, we begin, well, you know what? We give up. It's too much. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. But friends, you and I must understand that it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. If you will believe God and keep on believing God, friends, the manifestation of his word will come to pass. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow what? Weary. Oh, friends, let us not grow weary. Joshua chapter 6. It says here in verse number 16, Glory to God. At the seventh and at the seventh time, meaning the seventh day, the seventh time they were going to walk around. When the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So down in verse 20 it says this: So the people shouted, and priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat, hallelujah, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. Oh, glory to God. If you want to experience victory in your life, friends, you got to believe what God says more than what your natural eyes to see, or you won't walk in his promises. Or two, friends, listen, you got to be patient and persistent in your faith and obedience. And lastly, friends, you got to shout about the victory before you ever see the victory with your natural eyes. Oh, glory to God. It's just how God operates and he works. Why, he gets you to such a place in faith that you believe it's yours, glory to God. You'll call it like that. You'll rejoice like it is ever before it's in your hand, hallelujah. You got to shout about the victory before you ever see the victory, hallelujah. And so here they are. He said, shout. For the Lord has given you the city. And so they began to shout. They lifted up their voices. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to speak so the problem can hear you. So their body can hear you. So the enemy knows that you mean business. And you got to do all of that before it looks any different with your natural eye. Why? It's an expression that we believe that God has given us this city. So friends, I want to encourage you this morning to lift your voices. There's a song by Brian and Katie Torwald that says praise before the breakthrough, a wonderful song. It says, I'll praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes a triumph. I will sing because I trust you. 
I will bring my heart and I will lift my soul. And I, to this morning, I was going to lastly going to share with you Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 26. The Lord has already given us this in, in the word that he brought forth to us. But this is when Paul and Silas were in prison. And what did they begin to do? The Bible says at the midnight hour, they began to sing praises unto God. They begin to sing hymns and praise unto the Lord our God. Glory to God. And what took place? Deliverance took place. But they did all of that while they were still shackled. They did all of that while the problem was still there. And people will look at you that don't believe these things like you're crazy. Why are you rejoicing? Oh, oh, did that work better? Did you get news? Did you get the report back yet? No. Then why are you acting like you did? I mean, why are you acting like this is final? Why? You don't know yet. Listen, friends, we believe it because what God has said about it. Hallelujah. And just as the prophet Isaiah said, whose report do you believe? Glory to God. We believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. So friends, this morning we shout and give praise to our God. And I want to invite you now, David, you can come, you guys can come, whatever. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And we're going to stand up and we're just going to shout and give God praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to release our faith. And don't let this be the only time you shout. You're going to keep shouting. You're going to keep praising. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Stand with me if you will. Glory be to God. We're just going to lift up.